It's the Go Gopher Podcast with Mike Grimm, episode number 40. I am Mike Grimm, voice of the Golden Gophers, and welcome back to the podcast. We have a special Go Gopher Podcast for you this week as we welcome University of Minnesota quarterback Tanner Morgan back to the spotlight. And we talk about a lot of stuff, including football, life, and more. Tanner has started some new charity work that you're going to want to find out about and support, so please stick around for that. We also find out about the Purdue game. We look ahead to the Illinois game. Married Life, and more. Our Go Gopher podcast is presented by alumni-owned Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. If you're a business founder planning to exit your business, start by contacting Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. Sunbelt serves more businesses up to $5 million in revenue than anyone. And True North M&A serves companies with revenues up to $150 million. You can get a confidential, no-cost, no-obligation business valuation started today. Hey, make the most of your life's work. Visit sunbeltminnesota.com or tnma.com today. We're also glad to have Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union with us here on the Go Gopher podcast. Affinity Plus has been a longtime Golden Gopher supporter. Affinity Plus is more than just a financial institution. They support so many good causes. That includes Gopher Athletics, also the Special Olympics Minnesota, and more. And I was thrilled to attend the Affinity Plus Foundation fundraiser a couple of weeks ago. It was called Dueling for Dreams at the beautiful Fillmore in downtown Minneapolis, a great venue, some great entertainment, and a lot of generous people helped raise about $140,000 for the Affinity Plus Foundation, which engages, educates, and empowers people, helping them unlock opportunities and better their lives. Find out more at affinityplus.org slash gophers. Our podcast is also sponsored by State Farm Agent Tony Hoagland at champlininsurance.com. Tony is a big Golden Gopher football fan. We invite you to subscribe to the Go Gopher podcast. You can also go back and listen to the Go Gopher podcast from weeks gone by. Last week, for example, we talked with Gopher guru Daniel House about Golden Gopher football and Gopher hockey announcer Frank Mazzocco about Minnesota men's hockey. Please click the subscribe button right now. It is absolutely free to subscribe and to listen at any time. This week, it's episode number 40. We have Gopher quarterback Tanner Morgan. He takes us behind the scenes with Gopher football and gives us much more than that. It's Gopher Football Talk with University of Minnesota quarterback Tanner Morgan. But first, a word from Tony. Hey, Gopher fans. This is your State Farm agent, Tony Hoagland. We are super excited to be part of the new Mike Grimm Show on Talk North. For the year of 2022, we will be donating $10 to the University of Minnesota Children's Masonics Hospital. For everyone that calls our office or checks in with us online and mentions that they heard about us on Talk North and the Mike Grimm Show. We are really excited again that Mike came on board with Talk North. You can reach us at 763-421-4900. You can find us on the web at champlininsurance.com. Again, 763-421-4900. Or find us on the web at champlininsurance.com. Roll the boat. Sky Uma, Go Gophers. It's episode 40 of the Go Gopher podcast with Mike Grimm, and we're thrilled to welcome back to the show Tanner Morgan, Golden Gopher quarterback. Good to see you again. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me back on. It's a, it's a privilege. I think you now are tied with Justin Gard for all-time appearances, the third all-time appearance here yeah. on the Go Gopher podcast, so that's good. Yeah, man. If you keep having me back, I'm, you know, I'm honored to be here, so it's always fun chatting with you. Well, we enjoy it, too, because you give us, you know, kind of uh, lift the curtain a little bit. I think fans mm-hmm. like the connection to, to find out a little bit more. It's one thing to, you know, watch a 10-minute media briefing and you get limited, but you allow us to go a little bit more in depth, and I think that's uh, that's kind of the fun of it, um, and, and to learn a little bit more about 
you too as a person sometimes yeah. to, to not just talk X's and O's. So right. That's, uh, yeah, right on, man. That's our plan a little today. But I do want to talk some X's and O's first, um, and let's get right into it. Coming off of that homecoming game, uh, you guys go into that 4-0, you're ranked, just dominating everybody. And then, um, you know, it, 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 it goes a little bit sideways there. Mm-hmm. So how, going into that bye week, coming off of that game, um, how was the response, did you think, from you and, and the team and getting ready to go for now this weekend? To, yeah. You know, with a you know almost a two week layoff now. I think our team responded extremely well. Um, you know, obviously, you, know, you never want to lose, right? You never you, you play the game to win. Um, and for us, it was a fantastic learning experience because you know having you know failing in a situation like that, you have to be able to pull from it and learn from it, and then apply it uh, to practice, and then ultimately uh, you know to the future games and. Uh, I think our team did a great job of, of learning from our mistakes and then applying it in practice. And then, but again, we got to apply it every day. Um, but you know, it, it's a you know, there's there were so many things on the film where we were like, man, you know, we could have done this better, this better, this better, and uh, which all leads to way better execution. And so for us, it was just a huge learning experience about okay, we we have to be at our best, we have to execute, we have to be focused, you know, we have to do all this stuff to put ourselves in the best chance to be successful. And so it was a great learning experience for us. And I've been really proud of how our guys have responded, but we got to keep doing it. The team really up to that point hadn't faced a lot of adversity. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. looking and he hadn't even faced a lot of third downs. I mean, your conversion rate was like 75%, which obviously no, you know, no team can, can sustain that percentage, mm-hmm. but you can still be good in third down. But um, all of a sudden, you know, it's uh, I don't even know if you had a three and out until that first one, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, against Purdue, you may have had one or two in the previous games. Um, from that standpoint, how much can that experience factor? Because, you know, at some point you're in the Big Ten. It's not right. you're not going to blow everybody out. It just is that simple, no matter how good you are, uh, there's going to be tight games and it'll yeah. probably be tight right from here to the end with, no the, with the schedule ahead. So what, what what can you take from that part of it that, you know, how you handle adversity or how you handle, um, you know, something that, okay, they're taking something away. We have to respond or this is a little different than we thought or it's the first time, you know, that, okay, uh, this running back broke some tackles if you're on the defense or whatever, right. you know? Yeah, I think, again, it all comes back to the word response and understanding like, hey, like, you know, we, we can control what we can control. We don't have to, you know, press or force things. We don't have to, you know, get tight or anything like that. We just have to control and have a mental reset every play of like, okay, boom, what do I need to do? What's my job? What do I need to do to give us a chance to be successful, whether I'm the left guard or the X receiver? Okay, and then how do I do that again the next play and then the next play and the next play? And every play is not going to be perfect. We're going to make mistakes. People are going to fail. You're going to miss blocks going to miss throws, we're going to drop a ball here and there. You know, obviously you want to eliminate those to the best of your abilities, but mistakes are going to happen. But it ultimately comes down to just like, hey, okay, boom, we're good. Let's respond. Let's go back to work. Focus one play at a time and having that attitude and and that effort um, is really what it all comes down to, just being able to respond from those situations. How much did it help? This is my own personal take as I do this. I always go back and watch the game. I don't study it like you guys would in terms of you know film breakdowns and cut-ups and clips, but I'll watch the game just to see what I missed maybe live and um, and also to get an idea of, of you know the flow of the game. So when it was happening live, you get frustrated as you're, if you're a fan, I'm sure, as a player or whatever. Right. Um, you know, you're there. You're right, The game's there for the taking. Then I rewatched it without the emotion because I knew the outcome, so there was nothing there. And I'm like, this is a game 
where everything was there, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you mentioned it. Like, you, yeah. I thought the second, third quarter, you guys controlled it, just couldn't find points, enough right. points. Um, where there, in the past, maybe there's been a game where you rewatch it and, like, we had nothing for him. Like there was nothing we could do, which might might make you feel better because it's like we just got beat. Where a game like Purdue, I suppose it's a mix of frustration, but also maybe like look, it was there. If we just make plays, yeah. we win the game, um, which I suppose makes it frustrating at the same time. Right. Uh, a little uh, relief isn't the right word, but knowing that we were there, like like you just you know make yeah. a one throw better, one catch, one deal here, you know a different call, uh, and the whole game's different. Yeah, yeah. I think it like it comes down to again like it shows the importance of what one or two or three plays can have in a game, and one play is not going to lose you a game, but it can sure win you a football game. You know, and that's the things when, when, you know, after after that game, when I'm sleeping, that's what's running through my mind of like, man, I wish I would have done this. Yeah. You know, that woulda, coulda, shoulda, and that's what you have to eliminate. Is look, man, hey, I get, you got to respond from it, and you got to learn from it, and then you know, be able to take that and apply it to practice, and then apply it to the game. But that's the stuff where it's like, you know, where coach does a great job of showing us, like, hey, if we would have done this. You know, we, there was this opportunity out there. Uh, we could have made this play. We could have you know, done this or not done this or not forced this. And and who knows what happens? But right. those are the the plays that I think you know. For me, from my perspective, um, you know, doesn't keep you up at night. But you're like, that's the stuff that you're thinking about throughout the day. You're thinking about those plays, and and I think that for me, that allows you to to learn from it the best, and then get coached from it the best, and then respond from it, but not overcorrect, but just respond from it, and then move on. The fact, though, that there were plays like that, in some sense, maybe after the loss, you might be discouraged, but does it then kind of encourage you, as opposed to if you're laying there like I don't have any answers, like there was nothing I could have done, where. In this case, I think it was like just make some plays. They were there to be made. Yeah. Not just you personally. I'm just right. saying as a team yeah. um, that at least you have that as opposed to there. I'm sure maybe there's been a time or two where you're like, man, there was nothing, you know, nothing. We we just were banging our head. There was nothing working where in this case, it looked like plays were open. Right. But so there's, hey, you make those plays next week and you're probably going to get a W. Right. I think, it. yeah, it's definitely that mix, like you said, is. You know, it's encouraging going like, hey, this is something that can be easily corrected. We can fix this. And then it's also on the same side, like, man, well, you know, why didn't you just do it then? Yeah. But then you have to be able to learn from it. Be like, well, you didn't. Okay. Learn from it now. Respond. Let's go do it and be better and realize that I have to have, you know, that unmatched effort and focus each and every single day to maximize my growth from, you know, the time of a Saturday to Saturday to Saturday to get better and, and to be able to respond. Take us, uh, I guess, a little inside the huddle and give, obviously, give what you what you can or want, because I, I, I suppose there's some trade secrets or how you guys go about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just talking from a, uh, you know, just a guy who watches the game. Um, and I'm thinking back to that East Lansing game and your Big Ten Player of the Week. Mm-hmm. And you guys are run past optioning them to death, those slants to Mike Brown-Stevens and to Dalen Wright mm-hmm. and, and uh, Daniel Jackson and uh, it's it's working, and it was like one after the other, and then we didn't see as much of that against Purdue in terms mm-hmm. of that specific, like you know those over the middle throws, which you get you guys have feasted on over the years. And again, give us info that yeah. you can. What was was Purdue doing something to take that part away? Did they make you try something else? Was it the, the running game wasn't working as well, so that also played a role? Or yeah, what do you think I think there? I think it all goes together, right? You know, for it to be something that is. You know, call it a lot. It's something that you know the defense has to 
you know, there has to be somewhat of an advantage there, uh, you know, and with kind of the defensive look. Uh, and then also, you know, with the running game, it still has to be a good run, you know, schematically uh, for, you know, that defense because if it ends up being a handoff then you're not going to get any any positive yards. So, you know, I think they did a great job of, um, you know, uh, playing that stuff well. But again, we get, we still got to execute better. And then, you know, we could have had a couple couple of them go a different way, but uh, that's just how it happens. And that's, you know, the the way it is when you're successful at something, teams are going to, you know, do their best to be able to uh, scheme it up and stop it. And so that's why, you know, for us, we just got to continue to respond and, um, you know, give Coach Strock an opportunity to put us in good situations by, you know, getting in advantageous situations on, you know, first and second down, third and manageable, things like that, to allow him to, to you know, have more of a variety in, in his play calls. You guys now go against a team that has not allowed a touchdown on its home field yet this year. This is week six, right? Seven for them. They're five yeah. and one. So, no, we, yeah, week seven for them. Um, and obviously they've played some road games, but they've not allowed a touchdown on that field yet. This is a pretty good defense. In yeah. fact, the Gopher defense, um, I think they're giving up like nine points a game, and Illinois is giving up eight points a game. So um, it could fall into the lap of the offense as to how this thing gets decided. So what do you see from that defense? And again, get into what you can get yeah. without giving too much away. But uh, you know how important is it that you guys put some drives together here in a game that might be shrunk down because yeah. of the style of play? Yeah, it's, it's incredibly important because – um, they play very well in their scheme and they know their responsibilities very well and they play fast and they play free. Um, they got some dudes, um, you know, that, again, understand their scheme very well, which allows them to play free and, and you know, mix things up. And, and you know, the defense coordinator is very good, um, you know, mixing stuff up on third down, uh, putting them in, in situations where uh, they can, you know, hold shells and do all kinds of different stuff and, uh you know, honestly, they're a fantastic defense. You know, just like you said, the the points they've allowed per game shows that, and you know, not allowing a touchdown uh, on the home field so far shows that. So for us to be successful, we just have to execute. Um, which again sounds like a broken record, but it just comes down to being able to to know our jobs, do our jobs, play pitch and catch, um, and then you know, make the plays uh, when they're there. And that's uh, that's that's every week in its own sense, but, um, you know, especially when you're playing a fantastic defense like this, you have to be able to to do that and execute on each and every play to give yourself a chance to be successful in the game. The running game is certainly going to be important, like controlling that line of scrimmage for both teams, right? If, if uh, Probably who wins the rushing battle might win this football game, um, which that falls into you a little bit with some of the run pass option mm-hmm. as to whether you know it's going to be a run or a pass in certain cases um, uh, how important is it I know last week I think Garzi uh, mentioned on the radio that there was a point at which you kind of challenge the offensive line a couple of times and say hey you know let's all play tough here how important is that going to be this week to uh, to establish some ground game yeah I think I think everything starts up front right um, and for those guys you know just firing off the ball and, and again knowing their responsibilities doing it well uh, and then playing with Extreme How is going to give us the best chance. And we have uh, a lot of really great running backs that we trust. And um, it all starts up front with them being able to fire off the ball and, and play with How uh, to give our guys just a uh, you know a sliver or do this or that. And uh, again, not not everything's going to be perfect, but um, everything you know from the pass game to the run game starts with those five guys. And then you know when you add the tight ends in there too, so you know they have a 
great responsibility for us, and, and that's why their jobs are so important. You guys won a lot of games last year, nine uh, total, without Muhammad Ibrahim. So mm-hmm. it's not as if if he's not in there, you can't win. But how much of a comfort will it be to, to have Mo back in that lineup, and especially in a game where you need to establish some ground attack? Yeah, I think it's it's awesome. Uh, you know, whenever he's out there, it's a great feeling because uh, he's one of the best running backs in the country and a great leader on our team. But uh, again, we trust all those guys that, that are back there and you know have faith and confidence in all of them. Uh, you have had, um, you've played in that building before. Uh, they're mm-hmm. kind of uh, experiencing some stuff for the first time, right? They're ranked for the first time since 2011, I think. And I think rightfully they consider themselves now in the thick of this Big Ten West yeah. chase, as do the Golden Gophers for sure at this point. I mean, there's a handful of teams right now that can consider themselves, it should be a fun six weeks of football from here on out, I think. Yeah. Um, uh, what kind of environment do you anticipate there yeah, uh, I this weekend? Yeah, I think it's going to be a, a fantastic fantastic environment um you know they have a really cool stadium and you know again they're playing really good football really really good football uh as a whole team and so um you know I'm sure their fans are very excited for this opportunity and uh you know to be ranked in the top 25 and um you know we're expecting a a great environment and that's what's cool about playing this conference man is you're playing in environments and, and games that matter um you know playing on watching a game on tv we're like man I, I wish I could be there and that's what's cool about this conference is you, you get to be there and you get to play in those situations. Yeah, and you guys have had success on the road. Obviously, a couple of weeks ago, the the win in East Lansing. What what has been the key to uh, the approach on the road for you guys to experience success? Yeah, I think it's all about you know taking what we do with us. It's not like we're abandoning who we are and abandoning the way that we go about our business. And so we, you know, take Huntington Bank Stadium with us, um, <laughs> you know, and just, just just take our culture with us wherever we go. Um, it's not like it's only here in, in Minneapolis, but, you know, we're taking it to, to whatever city, whatever town we may be in. We um, have heard a lot, certainly from um, PJ Fleck and others about the, uh, and you've commented on it. The, I think the the comment is you don't let the circumstances dictate your behavior. Yeah. And I know there are some that will, you know, okay, here we go, roll their eyes at that. But isn't there a factor in that in terms of uh, how you how you play on the road? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, it's a huge, it's a huge thing. Is you can't let the the situation of you know, the environment, uh, whether it's really loud or not loud, whether it's um, raining or not raining or snowing or, you know, windy or whatever, you can't let the circumstance dictate your behavior and um, you can't rely on those things to bring you juice. Uh, you know, you have to show up with juice and uh, bring the energy and how uh, to the game. Tanner Morgan with us on the Go Go for podcast episode number 40. We're talking football. I also, also want to ask him about some cool things he's doing uh, from a fundraising standpoint through name, image, and likeness, which is now uh, legal, but also cool that, that you're able to do some good. First, though, I want to also thank our sponsor of our player profile, Affinity Plus, is your local credit union, proudly serving Minnesota since 1930. If you're a current Gopher student or a proud Gopher alum, you are eligible to join this financial. It wants to build a meaningful bank banking relationship, it will put you first. Meet with a local employee at their branches statewide, including right here, just up University, where uh, as we record this in Minneapolis on campus, uh, they've got a branch uh, right near campus. You can learn more and find another way to connect by going to affinityplus.org slash gogophers. That's affinityplus.org slash gogophers. Uh, I've really enjoyed getting to know the fine folks there more and find out more about their mission. They do so much for gophers. They do so much for the Special Olympics Minnesota, the Polar Plunge, all kinds of great stuff. Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union, federally insured by NCUA. 
we continue with Tanner Morgan, and um, let's talk uh, about uh, your selling hats, right? Yeah. Tell us about you. You mentioned it, I think, the last time you were on briefly. We didn't have yeah. a, a lot of time, but let's let's devote some time yeah. to this because it's now uh, athletes in the past have been able to do some things for charity, but they were right. limited because of you know different yeah. NCAA legislation. You're now freed up to do some stuff, yeah. and I think this is awesome. So tell us about yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. So it's um, you know with the Angel Foundation, and it's uh, you know the project is caps for cancer. Um, and so we're raising, um, you know, funds for, for the angel foundation, which is a incredible foundation. They, uh, provide support for, uh, families who have a loved one, uh, an adult with cancer. And so I think for me, it, it strikes home very, you know, strikes very close to home of kind of, that's what I experienced. I experienced, you know, my dad and, and realized, uh, it takes a village when you're in a situation like that. Um, and we had so much community that supported us. Um, but then realizing, you know, watching my, my mom as, you know, my dad would did the finances and all that stuff. And she didn't really, she really wasn't much in that conversation, I think. And then, you know, when that gets turned over to her, there's, it's a whole other world that you have to be ready for. And so, um, I think it's so cool what they do is they, you know, uh, provide these little packs for the kids with stuffed animals and things like that. They provide resources for the family of, you know, financial planning of, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, something for the long, long future or whether it's how they're going to be able to, you know, be supported through, uh, the cancer treatments and things like that. Uh, and, you know, they'll take the, the kids out to a event, whether it's a, you know, a soccer game or go to the park or all kinds of stuff like that. So I think it's awesome what they do. And so, uh, we're raising these hats or we're, you know, they made these hats are really cool designs. There's some beanies, there's different kind of uh, trucker hats, um, and they have like some flex fits too, which are feel super good. Uh, it's got a little rib- ribbon on them, cool design. And so, uh, you can find it uh, on my Instagram page or at capscustom.com, and that's with a K, K A P P S, uh, customs.com. And, um, yeah, man, all the proceeds go, go to the Angel Foundation and, you know, are going to help families, uh, who have a loved one with cancer and, you know, be able to provide them support and, you know, give them a little joy in their life too. Yeah. And it's so important, right? Because, um, and you've experienced firsthand, as you mentioned with your dad, and now you and your teammates go visit the hospital mm-hmm. on campus here and see the kids that are going through it and their yeah. families. And the importance of that support, um, one for the person going through it, like there's no doubt people, if they get the support, especially from family, that, that the survival rate can increase, the yeah. just the general attitude can increase, uh, because it's a it's a downtime, let's oh, face yeah. it. Cancer no sucks, as we know. Um, but if you can lift the spirits, that's one thing. But two, I'm thinking, like, when you guys go visit, um, I think it's important for the kids, but I think also the parents need some yeah. relief, right? Because, right. you know, you think about that. I think about it every time I see you guys, uh, you know, there, or tweet out, or what have you, that the, the parents have to just it just has to be a, a lift for a minute that they're that that for sure they don't have to be the people that are always like all oh, these players we're gonna all have smiles now right you know? yeah exactly and you know they it, it, one it brings a great perspective into your life you know you could be that parent with a loved one who um, is dealing with cancer and, and might not have a great percentage to live very long right and that's real life situation and we're playing football playing a game. And, you know, coach showed us uh, today, um, you know, uh, uh, someone close to our program, Megan, um, you know, all the things that she's been through and then, you know, her riding her bike after she got a a heart transplant and like the effort that that took. And, you know, she just had a, has a brand new heart in and four days later she's riding a bike in the hallway. Like 
Yeah, and we're going out to practice on a Tuesday morning. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. To play a football game that we love and have dreamed of of playing in a Big Ten school. And so I think it, it on it brings great perspective for us, but then also to be able to go in there and, you know, that's something that, that hopefully they don't forget. And I, I think it's something that they cherish, whether they are a football fan or not, uh, or like the Gophers or not, it's something they'll remember uh, and to be able to bring some smiles and some relief to the parents as well. It's, uh, I mean, it, it's awesome. and something that I've, I love about our program is, is how it serves and gives and specifically at the Masonic Children's Hospital. Yeah. And with the, with the CAPS program that you have here, um, and, and look, it, it, with the name, image, and likeness, there's certainly, and I don't begrudge any player because you see the amount of money. Like if someone wants to sell hats and they keep the money, I'm fine with that if a player right. does, right? But you've chosen you know a different path here. That yeah. doesn't mean that you haven't made name, image, and likeness mm-hmm. money. I, I have no idea if you have or haven't. But in this case, you've decided that you're going to use that name, image, and likeness and, and do some good. What, what uh, Take me through that decision. Yeah, I think it was really a no-brainer. Um, you know, I've always uh, wanted opportunities to be able to serve in a in a foundation, um, and it's something I'm passionate about. And have even you know even looked into you know starting my own and and all kinds of stuff with research and like that. And when this opportunity came up, it was a no-brainer for me to be involved in this organization. And you know, if promoting it and somehow putting my name on it and uh, getting the opportunities to talk to people like you about it and raise you know, support for it that way is going to help a single family with cancer, then man, who am I to, to take money from that? Like that's, this is a privilege to be in the situation to help out an organization like this. And so making any money off of it was never really a, a consideration in my mind, uh, personally. And I think my dad would probably come out of his grave and whoop me uh, if I did. So, <laughs> Well, it's pretty cool. Uh, mention again the uh, the name of it. It's CAPS. Say it again. Yeah, CAPSCustoms.com. CAPSCustoms.com. Uh, with the Angel Foundation. Gotcha. And they can find info there or your Instagram yeah, account as well. Yeah, correct. Yeah, it's awesome. That's It's so cool. And hopefully we get a bunch of people listening and um, and we can uh, all buy some hats and and, yeah, and, and, and raise some money. Um, it, it's pretty cool. Uh, I wanted to ask you too, um, when... Uh, you come off. This is now on a on a separate topic, but but we're we're we're, we're peeling back the layer of the onions on Tanner Morgan here a little bit. <laughs> I love it. So the new married man. Yeah. Um, did you did you get to cha- exchange notes? By the way, this is that just popped in my head <laughs> with, with uh, Aiden O'Connell because uh, we were joking. Uh, yeah. You and I were joking a little bit, not on the air or anything, about you know two twenty four year old dudes that are yeah. sixty year guys that both got married this summer. And I know you hadn't met um, him before. I don't know if you had a chance to touch base with him. Yeah. You know, I talked. To him after and uh you know we didn't talk uh, about marriage at all but <laughs> it it definitely increases kind of my respect for him because we're in a similar situation and um i've respected that dude for a long time and you know he he's had a great career and has done great things but it's definitely cool to you know it's unique it, it's different you know it, and you know I'm not the only one, so yeah, yeah. There's there's someone else, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know that that was, and you know that that might be the first time, you know, because of the situation with COVID and the extra year right. and and different things, where you had you know two guys that have been around yeah. that long that have both been married that got to face each other. Um, so from a marriage standpoint, um, you had been coming home after games with with nice wins. So what yeah. was it like? Did you get kicked out out of the house <laughs> uh, that you didn't win, or no. uh, or is it nice to go home after? A, does it put some perspective? on it stinks to lose, but it's not also like the sun's yeah. going to come up and I've got other cool things happening in my life. Yeah, I think, you know, you're you're still thinking about the game and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, my wife is a fantastic supporter and uh, she definitely brought perspective in my life. And we had some family and some friends there and she was like, look, look, 
you know, you're on a tiny little speck rotating around <laughs> and uh, you're playing a game at the end of the day. And it has a lot of purpose and a lot of meaning. Um, but everybody there is expecting you to be down and sad. Why don't you go and enjoy the time with them? And uh, I think that really was a gut check for me to, to understand that, you know, it sucks that this is the situation. I wish it was totally different, but hey, um, you know, I have to learn and, and move on and respond, but um, I'm going to go enjoy, you know, being with my family and then tomorrow get to work and, and, and learn from it and move on. But I mean, she's the best. She definitely provided me with a lot of perspective and a lot of support during that day. Is she a big football fan? No, not really. Is that right? Uh, she, <laughs> she's become a football fan and, and, you know, she, I think she likes it cause I really love it and enjoy yeah. it. Um, <laughs> uh, but she is not, she is definitely not a huge sports fan or a football fan really in general. It's amazing. Really? Yeah, it's so different. she, it, you're, it's not like you're coming home and she's saying, Hey, why did you on the RPO in the third quarter? Why did no. you, uh, why did why didn't you uh, give the ball to Trey pot? She isn't breaking film down oh, with you. Then. No, yeah. no, 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 not at all. There's definitely been, I think we were sitting around with one of, uh, my best friends, um, my best friend and his dad and, and, and she was asking some question. I don't know if it was like a holding or something. Uh, and she was asking like, wait, wait, what does that do again? And and he looked at her and was like, you really don't know anything about football. He was like, that is awesome. Um, so yeah, she's, she's not uh, really the, the hugest football yeah. fan. And she actually thought I was, when she when we first started talking and she was asking me about like what, what I did, what position I played, and I said quarterback. She was like, "Yeah, sure, okay, buddy." Yeah, right. She didn't really believe me, um, so it was cool. Like it, I, I like that, and, and I enjoy that. Yeah, well, and, and in, a, in a weird way, maybe that's why it, it works too, right? Because yeah. you have different interests, and and she can be a different sounding board on something that maybe, a, yeah, hey, football's fine, but you know, I like something else or what have you. Right, no doubt, no doubt. But she definitely sacrifices a lot for me to do what yeah. I love to do, and. Uh, you know, which is really cool. The other good thing is, you know, she wasn't just coming after the star yeah, quarterback, right? No, no doubt. There is zero <laughs> doubt in that. Because um, she didn't even, even, she didn't believe me that I played quarterback. So it all worked out. Yeah. So now, but now she follows along. Does she, like, she understands what a first down is. Yeah. Was she, was she that uh, elementary before in terms of what her knowledge? Uh, she, I mean, I knew, she knew like the basics. Um, but she's definitely come a long way in, in three yeah. years. And my dad used to, I think give her a little bit of a hard time, but also like love on her and yeah. and, and teach her throughout a game too, which was uh, cool for them to have that experience. But yeah, she's come a long way and has learned a lot for sure. One other thing that uh, I got to ask you about, we've, we've talked about this off the air and I remembered it and then, um, and then forgot about it, but you you are cousins with Tim Couch, mm-hmm. right? The yeah. former Kentucky quarterback yeah. and played for the Browns. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're in touch with him some, right? Yeah. Tell us about uh, that relationship. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's cool to, you know, for one, when I was a kid, I had someone I like really looked up to um, because I had, I mean, I had like newspaper clippings of him from like high school and right. all this stuff. And um you know, he was the number one high school recruit, number one pick in the draft. The number one quarterback in the country, yeah, right? Yeah, from he was a high little school. teeny yeah. small town in Leslie County, Kentucky, I, you know, and so. So how old were you at that time? Oh, like, I, was, I wasn't alive. I, I was thinking you might yeah, not be born I was, yet, right? I wasn't yeah. alive, but uh, so when he played for the Browns, I believe, I think I was a little baby. And so we had pictures for forever in our old house of me and my brother and, and him on his lap in my uncle's trailer uh, <laughs> when he was young and you know, those pictures and signed cars and all this stuff. So I think it, it always gave me that perspective of like, he did it. You can do it. You know, you have the right to accomplish your dreams if you work for it. 
and I'd hear the folk tales of him throwing out a light pole all night and things like that. You know, what I'm yeah. saying? that, that kind of drove me a little bit. Uh, and so to be able to to have that, and then also you know being able to talk to him from here and there is his perspectives on kind of his transition to the NFL and things that he wish he would have done better, learned. Um, and you know, I, th- I think it's cool. It's a cool sounding board for sure. And uh, you know, he's got a lot of really great advice. And you know. Definitely will hook up with him uh, again after the season. Does he watch most of your games, do you think? I mean, obviously uh, I everyone has he, their own I think, schedule. Uh, I think, uh, you know, whenever he can. He's very yeah. involved in, in UK athletics. So, yeah. you know, I think he watches when he can and uh, uh, definitely is definitely is probably a, a fan of the Gophers. But, uh, you know, he, he bleeds blue for sure. Yeah, right. Is Now, is that why you wear two? Uh, yeah, him and Derek Jeter. So The captain. Yeah, huh? yeah, yeah. I loved the captain and... Uh, when I was in baseball, I loved loved Derek Jeter, and so that's why I wore two. And then in football, I started wearing it because of him. Yeah. Um, and just kind of kept it throughout the years. Um, so are you a Yankees fan then? No, I was a Reds fan. But when I was a kid, like I was a huge Jeter fan, and still yeah. am. And yep. even after you know, his documentary, it even increased that that fandom, uh, just because of the leader he was and the way that he worked and. His persona and everything was was amazing. Yeah, that that uh, documentary, I, I accidentally, you know, flipping through sometimes it, um, and I'm flipping through and, it, and it's there, and I watched it, I ended up getting sucked into it. It yeah. was really well done. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, it's it's a phenomenal. Th- that's really cool. Like the Jordan thing, and then his, and it's cool because Coach even showed us clips from from uh, his documentary and is applying them to us as a team and how we can improve yeah. and be better in a mindset that Jeter had from Kalamazoo, Michigan. And it's amazing, too, because you watch that and you realize, unless it's embellished, and maybe it was, how close it was. I mean, he's generally yeah. regarded as one of the top, What I mean, some might say he's the greatest shortstop ever. Others right. will have, I mean, he's in the discussion at yeah, least, right? For one sure. of the great players, great leaders, world champion. It, in watching that documentary, it, it was razor thin as yeah. to whether it was going to go the wrong way for him. Right. I it, mean, it was on a cusp of. It could have been like he's a bust. You know, if he had a different attitude. Yeah. He, he, his he could have played three games in the MLB or zero. Yeah. You know, when he was struggling in the minors, but he was like, "No, nah, I'm going to fix it. I'm going to go to work." Yeah. You know, as a young kid, and that's cool, man. Like, like it shows you there's the attitude of pushing through adversity, responding. Um, goes a long way and that's I mean Derek freaking Jeter yeah you know almost didn't make it Mr. Mr. Yankee you know there's one of the Yankee greats and there's a million that you could list all the way you know back to Babe Ruth and you know Mickey Mantle and stuff like that and you're talking about a guy who is present day probably who a lot of people look at as in the last 20 30 years Mr. Yankee uh you know yeah and he could have failed like that but it wasn't, and his story was different. Yeah, he fought through, you know, the criticism and number one pick, maybe a bust, and he's hitting like two ten, yeah. you know, for a couple of years. Made fifty six airs. Yeah, in his first shortstop. Think about that, and then just fought through it. And we think of it, and you know, no one's following, you know, unless you're a diehard Yankees fan, no one is following, you know, single A Yankees right. baseball. So I think people don't. Didn't I? Didn't I mean I knew that you know he was the number one overall pick and stuff but I had no idea it was that close to like it was you know he was really struggling there yeah, for a while and no doubt to fight through that and then once he got to the show man the lights came on and he answered the bell which is a good lesson right? yeah I exactly mean, it's uh, a it's a very a lesson that can be very applicable uh to our lives today were you a shortstop then I played short I played uh shortstop and then second yeah. um and then I ended up playing third too yeah but yeah, did man. you play all the way through high school? I didn't. Um, 
my uh, the high school baseball coach at the first high school I went to. It's great dude, legend in the in his own sense of uh, you know, uh, you know, a legend a legend of that school and of that area of baseball coaches. But he didn't want me to to do spring football, and I was like, well. So yeah, <laughs> that's it. Um, sorry. Yeah, is, I, I knew my my direction was football. Was football. But I wish, man. Like when I transferred back to Ryle, the baseball coach would always be on me, like, "Hey, man, you know, yeah, come out and play. Come like, on, I can. I got to throw for schools. I got to yeah. do this." But yeah, looking back, I wish I would have been able to play. Play a little. Yeah. So there, there are some guys who do stay multi-sport. Hockey gets pretty individualized, but mm-hmm. I know you have teammates that that played you yeah. know multiple sports, and you know, and it it it, it can factor in. Um, so. To pull a page out of that Jeter story, was there a moment in your career, like you were you a four you were four year starting quarterback, right? Yeah, in high school. Mm-hmm. So was there at what point did you realize like okay, I'm was there a point that like I, I'm one I'm pretty good at this, and two uh, I can I can uh, you know go go play at the college high college level. Yeah, I think I always had that belief in myself, um, and again that goes to like the work I did. I didn't really look at the sacrifices, but my time was spent like throwing football and. You know, when I went to that first high school and transferred in there, like, we'd be like, hey, what, hey, what are you guys doing? You want to go throw? Yeah. You know, we were throwing, like, probably too much, you know, in terms of taking care of your arm and stuff like that. <laughs> but, um, you know, that was what I loved to do. And when I went back, you know, throwing routes all the time and things like that and, you know, doing what I can to be successful. But I think when, you know, I got in high school and, and was having success, I was like, I, I, really, I really can do this. But I never really doubted that, um, yeah. if that made sense. But... And when I transferred back to Ryle, I think there was things where I realized like areas where I had to get a lot better. Um, and I think, you know, as a freshman, sophomore, I realized I needed to get more more mobile. Yeah. Um, and then when I went back to Ryle, I had a great trainer that, that helped in, increase that and until two years I was there. and um, But I never really had that doubt that I couldn't do it. How many uh, yards passing? Uh Over in Come high on, school. You should know that it was, right off the... It was over... It was over ten thousand. Wow! And then I had, uh, yeah, ten thousand over ten thousand, and like a hundred and something passing touchdowns. Wow! You yeah. had good receivers too. I did, man. I had a uh, the first year, my first year at Hazard. I had a receiver who went on to play at Miami, and then blew his knees. Actually, he's like a brother to me. He's a, a coach at a, a D two school in West Virginia right now, which is cool. Now Miami of Ohio. Yeah, so he yeah. played at Miami, Ohio. Uh, in his second year, he had a career-ending injury, which sucked wow. uh, for him, and then. Uh, when I went to Ryle, I had some guys who really understood ball really well and played with a running back who's at Dayton now, and he's one of the best players in FCS, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, so, I, yeah, I played with some good dudes for sure. Yeah, that's pretty fun. That And, and good to follow and see where everybody goes. You, you mentioned Miami of Ohio. Um, I had forgotten uh, the Gophers played Miami of Ohio at the Metrodome, of, uh, I don't know, whatever, 2007, 2008. And the other night I was watching the Rams, and they mentioned that Sean McVay was a receiver for Miami of Ohio. Huh. I'm like, oh, really? I forgot. You know, I mean, you didn't remember. So I went back and looked, and he, he played in the Metrodome. I think I forget now. It was like two catches for twelve yards. That's wild. Sean McVay, the coach. I and love it. It wasn't that long ago. It was like yeah. two thousand seven or eight. I forget exactly when. And now he's, and he's won a Super Bowl. Won a Super coach. Bowl, and he's got this. Uh, you know, he's he's kind of considered this guru. That um, there's some videos out there where he can remember plays. Yeah. Right, like they say, hey, you were Washington's offensive coordinator and whatever. Do you remember? And he can. It was this and this, and this guy made the tackle. And yeah. um, do you have good recall that way too? You can yeah, not that deep. Not but, that but pretty deep. good though. Oh right? uh, yeah, decent, but to. but not as not as deep as that <laughs> for sure. Kirk Cousins, this, uh, I'm, I'm keeping you way too long, but we're on a good roll here. Kirk Cousins this week talked about um, 
the interception he threw against uh, the Bears. Uh, luckily, the, they they overcame it. But he talked about that, and, and I'm curious to get your thoughts on this because he said he didn't. Uh, that was a result of anticipating something that he saw in a previous play. Mm. Um, that he took too much into that, and so yeah. I thought, what a fine line a quarterback must have to draw because you're studying film, you want to know tendencies. How do you not? anticipate yeah. what happens on a previous plate. You know, so yeah. as a fellow quarterback, That's you understand what he's talking about? It's very, very real. I think you can get in a, t- in a sense of kind of anticipating things too much or thinking something's going to happen because of a, of, a, of a shell look or because of one thing in the defense where they switch it up and you end up making a catastrophic error. Um, but it is a fine line because you can't, can't assume when you see something and you're in, trying to anticipate you have to literally be able to anticipate it and make sure you see it while you're doing things. It is a fine line yeah. because you see something, you're like, oh, I know what it's going to be, but it might not be. Yeah. So you still have to get that post-snap confirmation. Man. This week, uh, PJ Fleck talked about that they do a lot of, uh, they show you the same look, and then as the snap happens, they might run into a cover two or a cover one. So mm-hmm. how much pressure does that put on your lap? Yeah, it's cool pressure. Um, it's a lot of post-snap reaction stuff for us and, um, you know, our guys knowing what to do and their rules based on the look and based on post-snap what to do and things like that. So it's cool, man. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's, you know, they, they prevent, present a lot of challenges to you. That's for sure. A lot of, a lot of challenges. Um, so we just got to react to it. It'll make the reward that much better when yeah. you get out of there with a win, right? Yeah. Do our best chance to, you know, give us a chance to be successful. It's a great team. And we got to be at our best. Yeah. Each week too, right? Each week it, it, it's a new week and it's yeah. a, uh, and it gets to be more important if you can keep stringing wins together. No doubt. All right. No hey, doubt, man. Thank you, man. Yeah. Thanks, Graham. Always Appreciate great to it. have you. We also want to mention for appearing on the Go Gopher podcast here, our guest today, Tanner Morgan, will receive a $100 prepaid Visa gift card from Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union, proud to support Golden Gopher student-athletes. You can find one of their branch locations anywhere across the state of Minnesota. So uh, enjoy that. Awesome. Thank you, man. My thanks to Gopher signal caller Tanner Morgan. I hope you enjoyed listening to the Go Gopher podcast episode number 40 as much as I enjoyed hosting it. The Go Gopher podcast is presented by Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. If you're buying or selling a business, visit sunbeltminnesota.com or tnma.com today. It's alumni-owned from the University of Minnesota. We're also partnered with Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union, a locally member-owned full-service financial invested in you. You can learn more at affinityplus.org slash gogophers. And we're also sponsored by State Farm agent Tony Hoagland. Again, I'd invite you to listen to past podcasts, and please be sure to click the subscribe button for the Go Gopher podcast right now. It's absolutely free to listen at any time. We'll talk again next week.